Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 267 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin, joined by a very special guest tonight. He is Eric Robinson, at underscore Eric underscore Robinson, now at ESPN, formerly co-host of this program, and... We were talking before the show. It's sort of a, a throwback show tonight. Uh, Eric, Eric, I think you took us through like the first 120 or so of these. Uh, so uh, 120, yeah. 150, maybe something, something like that. Yeah. First half, really. Yeah. You and I, you and I got this thing off the ground and then you took it to a di- another level man. you got 267 <laughs> under your belt. And, and I hope, I hope to see another 267. Yes. And more. I can't do the math for what that would be right at the top of my head, but you know, it's <laughs> more than 500. I can tell you that. Well but, over 500 yeah, episodes. It's yeah, well over 500. Yeah, that. So that, that's a good goal. That yeah. Cause just saying 500, that would be, that would be too right, easy. Right, right, but right. yeah, guys, we got Eric here. We're going to get Eric's updated thoughts on the Falcons who are back to 500. We did uh, defeat the New York Jets, which, you know, it counts as a win. Uh, so right. that's that's all that matters. And uh, welcome to, of course, the chat. Welcome to George Costanza. Shout out to everyone joining us tonight. I know the Hawks are playing at home. Uh, Adnan had to to shift his schedule because they apparently moved that game uh, to Atlanta. So, um, yeah. yeah. So that's that's cool. Good for him. I know he's enjoying uh, enjoying his other love, you know, uh, as well. It's healthy to have multiple right. interests. You know, don't don't overly <laughs> obsess about just the Falcons. But uh, we're going to get into it, guys. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the things the Falcons can do to sort of solidify their hold on the NFC South, what the changes they can make, you know, how can they take control of this division over the Final Five. Obviously, starting with this week against the Bucks, this is a, a big one, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we will get to all that real quick before we dive in. want to bring you guys a quick word from tonight's sponsor, betonline.ag, folks. The holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. They've got up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four, guys. BetOnline has info available at your fingertips on both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played from MMA to international soccer. I believe I saw some esports on there even. They've got it all. So what are you waiting for, guys? Check it out. Head to BetOnline today. And remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B. L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Eric. Well, first of all, I think we had last had you on at the beginning of November. It was right before we got into the really deep darkness because it was after the Titans yeah. loss. We were a little bit yeah. shaken by that game, but yeah. our faith had not been totally lost. And then now right. we're now we've we've had the losing streak, and now we're back to a winning streak. And it's all right. sort of equalized itself to now be or six and six. I think we were obviously hoping for better than this, but Falcons yeah. still in first place have a one game lead on the rest of the division and are four and zero in the division at this point. So, or excuse me, three and zero, three and zero, three and zero. Yep. Yeah, three and zero. Yes. Don't check my math. Yeah, but we're not doing math on tonight's show. That is one thing we don't do on this program. But um, just curious, what how you feel now that we we've seen the bad, we've seen some good good maybe you know in quotations for this last game but how are you feeling about the the team now heading into week 14 well one thing i will say is i gave the team the benefit of the doubt going into the jets game i mean it was already we knew it was going to be an ugly game in terms of weather 
It's going to be sloppy. Um, not to mention, I, me personally, I view that Jets defense as a Super Bowl caliber defense. And I, yeah. so I, I kind of sort of just threw everything out the window and say, hey, whatever success they find today, good on them because it was going to be the hard to come by. This Jets defense at so far this season, especially at home at MetLife, they have been able to truly get at the quarterbacks. They forced four turnovers against uh, Jalen Hurts, three more against Josh Allen. I think they picked off Patrick Mahomes a couple times. You know, they 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 had a pick six on two a couple weeks back. So this was the defense that was, that's been able to truly get at the quarterbacks. And to see this unit, to see this team walk away from that game without a turnover technically – is is definitely a feather in the cap there for sure. Um, right now they got a chance to equal last year's win total this Sunday against Tampa, which is huge. Yeah. Um, and get a game above five hundred. And not only that, but to to really stretch that uh, division lead even more. Um, going forward, and and we'll see if they're able to get it done. They should be able to. Um, we know how the Falcons have played in these type of games where they should be able to win but we'll see i guess that will show you that will tell you a lot about this team whether or not they can actually go out there on sunday and take care of business yeah that's the big that's been one of the biggest question marks about arthur smith's tenure is i think over the first two seasons they consistently lost these sort of must-win games in these situations and Mm -hmm. you know the Cardinals game was sort of the most recent example. We saw the team kind of like hyping it up, like, oh, this is our Super Bowl and all this. And then, you know, they, they lose to the Cardinals. Um, now, Kyler Murray's back, and clearly the Cardinals are not the same team they were over the first, you know, nine games or whatever with Kyler. But they're still not a very good team. Like, they're still a bottom right. five team right. in the NFL. So, you know, it, they they lose that. But then they do come out, and they get a crucial win against the Saints and, and at home mm-hmm. um, to stop the bleeding. And then they go on the road to MetLife uh, to face one of the NFL's best defenses. Now, it's not like the Jets have a fearsome offense, um, but it, you know, it's that, that defense has given pretty much every team fits except the you know, last couple games they played. It was showing some cracks, but um, this, you know, the, it's a tough defense. It's one of the best defenses that, that typically looks worse because of how bad that offense is. So it's, it's one of those defenses where you'll walk, you're going to walk away from that game with a black eye, some bruises, you know, a little bit of blood, a couple band-aids here and there. They're they're gonna they're gonna beat you up. And yeah, they emerge victorious. So yeah. I'll take that. They all count the same. Doesn't matter how ugly they look. Uh, right. so it all counts. Right. Yeah. And we you know, they needed it bad to get back to five hundred and to go into this divisional stretch here where they've got Tampa Bay this week and then they got mm-hmm. uh at Carolina after that and these two games are absolutely critical because you win both these games. You're at five and zero in the division, and you you basically guaranteed that if you tie the Saints going in, if, if the Saints are a game behind you going into Week 18, then you, you've clinched the division. So, because right. the Saints at this point already have two divisional losses, um, they mm-hmm. could not beat that record. So, you know, th- these are two crucial games to make your life a lot easier where you you could potentially set up a situation where you don't have to win in new orleans week 18 now obviously you'd like to win you know you'd you'd like to but it would be better to not have to because that's a terrible place to have to go win yeah it won't be for the division title yeah yeah we already have it sewn up by then so yeah so that would be nice uh i don't know if we're gonna get lucky enough for that but again it, it you know new orleans far from a terrifying opponent themselves 
they have a pretty easy schedule similar to Atlanta's. The Bucks schedule, I believe, is a little bit harder. Um, but, you know, going up against this Buccaneers team, I mean, at this point, Tampa Bay, obviously very vulnerable. Um, they, they have not, you know, af- basically the Falcons loss kind of sent them into a death spiral, which was bizarre. Um, but in this division, Tampa Bay is not out of it. You know, nobody's really out of it except for the, the Panthers at this stage. So, you know, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay could come in here and, and tie for the division lead if they were to defeat the Falcons on Sunday. So it's a crucial game. Um, and curious how you sort of feel going into this when the Falcons did, of course, win back in October in another really, really ugly game where really the Falcons should have blown them out, but they turned the ball over three times inside the 10. Mm-hmm. That was that right. uh, that particular game. So curious your thoughts on on this rematch and and how things are you you see things shaking out well looking back at that one um that team that game they were able to put up uh, 159 yards on the ground um and and they ran the ball for 38 times they they absolutely could have put up 30 points on that defense in that game they they squandered two scoring attempts for sure that we know of for sure um and they they did all that with Bijan only touching the ball once <laughs> yeah. with so that should tell you that hey you know what it, without their best player they were still able to beat this team and they were and they were still able to kind of sort of set the tone I believe in I mean I, pretty much in that entire game I know the fumbles were one thing that stood out but Tampa was still not able to build off any of that in yeah. that particular game so Falcons, so the Falcons were able to have those turnovers, but yet still endure, endure those turnovers and still kind of sort of set the tone for the game. And they were able to, to shut the door on them late. Um, so right now I'm going into this game now. And then you you look back at that game. I believe uh, Devin White wasn't necessarily 100% healthy. He was nursing that groin injury. I believe he was sort of questionable open. going in. Yeah. Going in. Same thing here. Both he and um, both he and um Levante David, yeah. David are both listed as questionable as well as uh, Jamel Dean uh, going into this game as well. So this is a defense that is kind of hurting right now, um, and their run defense is definitely vulnerable for sure. Um, they are one of the worst uh, run defenses in the league. Um, they've given up over 100 yards in each of the last three games, um, and and I think this is I think this is the this is the game where it may not take i'll take it back it's not one of the worst defenses in the league but in the last three weeks they have looked a little vulnerable in the run but this is one of those games where i feel like this run attack can win this game for atlanta it's just a matter of sticking to it being consistent with it and understanding what is at stake and what is in front of you which is something that you know, you'll get that one game from Atlanta and then you'll get that one game where it's like, hey, it's it's there. Let's just do this. Let's just stick to this game plan. And Arthur Smith goes a completely different direction. So, <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, hopefully in this particular game here, given how everything played out early in the year, like I said, they ran for 160 yards without Bijan. That that should tell you everything at this point, not to mention if you add on the additional injuries to their linebackers they're probably two of their their best defenders um this is a defense right now that's kind of sort of coming into it and they you can you can kind of sort of pick them apart with the run game yeah and yeah you you mentioned the injury report it's it's quite long for both teams going into this one you know levante david was back to full today so it seems like he's on track but 
you know, Devin White still out. Uh, Vita Vea out today as well with a, with a toe injury. Um, we have, uh, let's see who else was out. Yeah, you mentioned Jamel Dean. He's also out. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, KJ Britt, one of their reserve linebackers, he was limited. And then uh, JJ Russell, another reserve linebacker, he was a DNP, but it was just a personal absence. So uh, they're, they're banged up, you know, uh, on that defensive side of the ball. The Falcons also at this point, Drew Dahlman did not practice with an ankle injury. Nate Lamon, we knew, was injured. He, you know, did not participate with a knee injury. Uh, Kayla McGarry still out with his knee injury. Um, and then David Onyemata also out. So, you know, we're, the good news, I think maybe AJ Terrell was limited. So that means he is progressing through the, the protocol. If he is full mm-hmm. on, on Thursday, that means he's more likely going to be more than likely going to be cleared. So that would be a big boost uh, for him to be back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, two starting offensive linemen out. It does seem like maybe like, hey, London, we're going to get him back, which especially if Onyemata's not going to play absolutely critical that we get some defensive yeah. linemen back in the room but pretty, both these teams really banged up and that could be a deciding factor as well that you know the Falcons right. really they've lost some key players like if you look at there's a metric out there that I saw that was like percentage of cap on IR and the Falcons are among the league leaders in that even though they don't have that many starters out and it's because the guys they've lost are all really expensive like Grady Jarrett so um yeah. you know it they can't really afford to lose too much more on defense, particularly going against this Tampa team, which can be good offensively. It hasn't often been good. They seem to be mm-hmm. less than the sum of their parts. It seems very familiar yeah. to the Falcons, but um, injuries definitely could be a great equalizer in this one. And then you, you, you hit on that as, as being a potential deciding factor. So we'll have to see how these guys progress, but uh, yeah, I mean, they, Particularly on the defensive line, you know, if they're out on Yamada, that's we saw what this pass rush looked like without David on Yamada and without Grady Jarrett against the Cardinals, and it even against that ramshackle offensive line, they could generate no pressure whatsoever. So, um, I'm a little nervous, certainly, uh, if if on Yamada really is a question <laughs> for this game, a little, bit. a little bit, yeah. Um, but it's I I to be honest with you, I I will give Ryan Nielsen the benefit of the doubt in that aspect as well. He has shown the ability to adapt and adjust with injuries so far this year. You know, we, we, we thought, you know, losing a guy like Troy Anderson earlier in the year was really going to cripple uh, this defense. And he's, he slid Nate Lamon right in next to uh, next to uh, Caden Ellis. And they've been able to, to play some great football uh, so far this season. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. I, May not give it to a guy like Arthur Smith in this particular aspect because <laughs> when it comes to the play calling, when it comes to the offensive execution, it's all in his hands. And we've seen how that particular element can truly dictate whether or not the Falcons win or lose. Um, so it, it kind of sort of just lies in his hands. Hopefully in this game, he looks at this and say, hey, you know what? I got a good thing going right now with this run game. I got all three of my running backs here healthy. They've been able to to beat up on defenses. You know, they gave New Orleans some trouble a couple weeks ago. The Jets, they kind of sort of wore them down a little bit in the second half with that run game. Um, so let's let's keep the momentum going there. Hopefully he sticks to that blueprint because I think that's what's gonna uh that's what's gonna help him out here and and ultimately get them a win here. Yeah, I mean it it really has to be the offense this week because and and it's gonna be, you know, if if they're out Dalman, that's that's a huge loss, obviously. Uh, because you know, with, with McGarry, they've, they've seen somehow they've been able to weather that loss storm Norton in both the games he's mm-hmm. had to start. 
he's yeah. been okay. Like he's been he's been solid. Yeah. So I mean, I have right. no complaints there. Obviously, especially, you know, against, especially against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, holding up like he did against the Jets, people are like, oh, he had like a sixty PFF grade. It's like, well, against the Jets, that's pretty good. That's like a great. Good. That's a great grade that's against the Jets. Good. You know, okay, um, there's, there's so, some long term starters that had sixties against the Jets. Okay, yeah. so I'll take that. Yeah, so it's. You know, I, I feel okay with that, but yeah, it, you know, Dalman, we'll see. You know, uh, the Falcons are pretty cautious with their injuries on Wednesday. Typically, if guys yeah. have anything significant, they'll yeah. rest them. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Thursday and Friday will tell the story, but, you know, I'm sure these guys are, are fighting to get back out there. But like you said, it's they're going to be down some guys on defense. We're not sure exactly which ones, but they have to figure out a way to, to get it done on offense because that's been the killer. Like the, the defense has played well enough pretty much every single week. Uh, for this yeah. team to win, which is a new yeah. experience for us as Falcons fans to have right, that happen. Right, 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 right. And now the offense is not getting it done. And that's kind of the the key you know, thing I'm harping on in this episode is that the Falcons, they got to fix their offensive issues if they're going to win this division. If they're going to get to the playoffs, they, they can't just keep relying on the defense to bail them out over and over again. And, you know, you mentioned the run game and it's a big part of it. They need to figure out how to get yeah. that going more consistently. And this may and this may be the game to do so. Again, as I mentioned, you know, Bijan only had one touch in that game, and that came on the very last drive, and it went for three yards. So this team has tape on Bijan, yes, but they have not defended his ability. They have not defended his speed. They have not defended his versatility. They have not defended his his big play threat. Which, again, when you you can watch it on tape all you want, but until you see it up close and personal and and witness it, it's a different aspect. So that may be uh, the the deciding factor in this game, the fact that they such a weapon that he is and Tampa's going into this game. You know, normally when you see your divisional opponent the second time around, they know your offense. We know we know what that guy is. We know who that guy They don't know exactly what Bijan is or who Bijan is. They don't know because they haven't defended that. So, yeah. again, that could be that could be the determining factor in in the long run in this one. Yeah, and you know you, the run game. The Falcons just have to. The, the, if they can't run the ball, they, the whole thing falls apart. And we, the, you yes. know, last year it was yeah. a little bit more understandable, but this year it's it's frustrating to see that they just. And in the Jets game, it just didn't seem like they ever really committed to doing it, which was bizarre because we both know. Like, do we really want to see them throw against you know Sauce and DJ Reed and all this? And like, yeah. you know, yeah. we did see that great throw to Michael Pruitt. That was that was a perfect pass. That was a great yeah. play. Um, yeah. and that's, that's the thing with Ritter is like, he'll throw that and then he'll throw a duck that gets picked off. Yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah. you don't want to put too much on Ritter's plate at this stage because I think mentally the decision-making is not all there. We know that, but I, I think the issue, the issue in that game was the fact that early on, he tried to execute a lot of outside zone runs and it was obvious it's not going to work against this. Defense. No, this no. is a fast flowing defense. You got two stud middle linebackers and yep. CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams that can go from sideline to sideline. You got a nose tackle and Quentin Williams that can go up and down the defensive line. So those cutback lanes for Bijan were not there in that game, but he did find a formula with just running it straight ahead with Tyler Algier. Yeah. And that's why you saw him get four five, six yards to carry in that one. So, it, it, it's it's a matter of him adjusting to what is in front of him. And and honestly, early on in that Jets game, I was starting to feel a little down because I'm like, he's going to stick to this outside zone run. And it's not. <laughs> he ex- he tried to run it in the end zone and it cost oh it and gave him safety. Why are you running halfback stretch in, yeah. <laughs> in the end zone? All game. And why are you calling this in the end zone? I yeah. don't know. 
but it's one of those things where it's like, man, he's got to get out of his own way, man, as a play caller. He really has. He's overthinking yeah. this thing. Exactly. And it's like, if we as fans know these things, it's like, oh, I've watched this Jets defense. I know that they, they're vulnerable to giving up rushing yardage that on a yards per carry basis, they're pretty, they're, they're not that bad, right? They're, they're like 19th, but they, they can get worn down, which is why they're 31st in overall rushing yards allowed. They hold the Falcons to 90 because the Falcons refuse to target their weaknesses, which is Quinton Williams is awesome, but whoever's lined up next to him on the interior is a problem because they just have, they have no more depth there. They've lost out woods, their nose tackle. They just, they don't have a good run defender on the inside and the, the linebackers, they're really fast. They're really good, but they're vulnerable to getting run through, right? That the missed yeah. tackles is like the one problem with the Jets defense. And right. instead we're trying to string them out and run around and it didn't work. And we lost a lot of rushing yardage. We lost a lot of yardage. Like the run game statistically looked worse than it was because of so many lost, so many lost yards yeah. on those, those outside zone plays. And, you know, it, I don't understand why that was the game plan because we all know that the Jets match up really well with the outside zone. Like they, they can stop right. it. They're capable of doing right. it. You know, the, the right. interior stuff, that's where you should right. target because their edge rushers are great. Their interior guys, not named Quinn Williams are less great. So run it right at those guys. Right. And instead, you know, we didn't do that. So, and that just yeah. speaks to, I think the frustration that a lot of fans feel around the play calling, which is like, if we know these things, we see these weaknesses just from, an outside perspective, why isn't the Falcons coaching staff seeing these obvious things and, and doing it, you know, and, and it's frustrating. I understand that. So. And it's the, it's the same formula they need to follow this week. You go back to game one, a lot of their success in the run game came in the interior with Algier and Cordero Patterson. They were able at times throughout the game to get six, seven, eight yards of pop. Um, and they were able to wear down that defense. And the reason why the Jets defense is able to get worn down over games is not because they're a vulnerable defense per se. It's because their offense is so anemic that they see so much time on the field that eventually, yeah, they're going to wear down. You're, you're yeah. playing 35 minutes, 40 minutes a game. You're going to give up some yardage late, regardless how good you are. So um, hopefully he will follow that same blueprint as game one because in game one that Tampa defense they had their hands on their on their on their hips in the second quarter and uh they were getting popped I remember Antoine Winfield uh caught a nice little shoulder from Cordero uh in the second <laughs> quarter right, right yeah. before that uh right before that first um Ritter fumble um so yeah follow that formula man and it may lead to success again this week yeah yeah um and you you know you mentioned like the Tampa Bay defense against the run Still good. Not like heyday of Tampa Bay, you know, yeah. where they were the number one run defense. But yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, they're they're 3.9 yards per carry, just a hair below the Falcons. Um, they're eighth, you know, in terms of total yardage. They're, I think, like mm -hmm. also 10th. So this is yeah. a good run defense. This is not a run defense. You know, obviously, if Vita Vey is out, that hurts them yeah. a lot. Uh, so we'll have to monitor yeah. that. But you know, against the run, they, they are pretty good. So the Falcons aren't going to be able to just roll them over like they would be able to do to some teams. Right. You know, this may be a game where they do say, let's, especially if Jamel Dean's out, you know, let's let's see if we can test this team through the air. I think that, you know, when Ritter had one of his best games passing um, against this Tampa Bay defense, you know, I think that was one of his rare mistake-free games, uh, you know, throwing the ball. I mean, it's obviously, yeah, obviously the, the, you know, the fumbles were awful. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, there was the man, uh, 
brutal, but it's like it's like if it's not one thing, it's another with Ritter. But yeah. up and down, like the moving of the ball was going quite well. So you know maybe yeah. there's they they found something that worked there. But you know the Tampa Bay defense against the pass, twenty eighth in passing yardage yeah. allowed, and I believe almost at the bot yet twenty eighth in net yards per attempt as well. So very vulnerable yeah. defense against the pass. You know, it may be that they do need to lean a little bit more on that, and then they sort of salt the game away with the run. But, I mean, I don't care how you get it done. You know, we're not the offensive coordinator. We're not the coaching staff. It's not our job to figure out how to to do this. But they got to figure out some way to make it work because this is a crucial game, you know, for the standings. And and if you lose this game, the Bucs will will tie it up with you, and they'll have a chance to take over the division. Uh, yeah. and, and you, your grip on the division gets a lot weaker where if you win this game, you sort of take a really strong grip where it's like, okay, you're four and the division. The saints basically have to win out. Um, and that's not out of the question for the saints, right? I mean, they play Carolina, they play the giants, maybe mm-hmm. they they play, they go, they have to go to Los Angeles to play the Rams. That's probably the toughest game left on their schedule. They have to go yeah. to Tampa Bay. Um, and then we get, you know, then we get to play them week 18 but yeah four of the saints last you know six games or whatever are in new orleans so they you know and that it's a it's a different team in new orleans it really is like they play so much better when they're in new orleans so i I go back to a couple weeks ago uh tampa was on the road in indy and they gave up 155 yards on the ground they almost gave up 100 yards uh to jonathan taylor alone Mm -hmm. um and and they um that that you know, the Colts end up uh, emerging victorious in that particular game. So three, that game, along with giving up 159 to uh, to the Falcons yeah. uh, early in the year, they also gave up over 200 yards to the Eagles early, earlier in the season in, in September as well. So they've had a few games where it's like, man, they, the, the you know, the run defense is, is pretty leaky here and it, it, it's cost them victories. They ironically in those three games, they lost all three. So, um, I, I'm looking at it and saying, yeah, they're top 10. They're very solid in terms of yards per carry, but I feel like they can be had. Um, I feel like they yeah. can be had. Hell, even even Carolina was able to put up 133 yeah. yards. And we know Chuba. they cannot run the football to save their life. <laughs> Chuba Hubbard going off. Yeah, he, he had two yeah, touchdowns. They yeah. were able to have some type of success this past week. So yeah. um, that's why I'm feeling a little optimistic about the run game. going. Yeah, forward. exactly. Especially if the linebacker, you know, it seems like Levante David will be back, but – you know, no Devin White, probably. Uh, Vita Vea, if he's out, obviously that's huge. So, like, you know, th- those two guys, that would be massive in terms of the Falcons' ability to to run the ball successfully against them. But, yeah, I mean, that, that it's just such a key game for this team mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. they have to they have to figure out a way to get that done because they do win this game against Tampa. They're they're set up well. Then they go to Carolina. Uh, in a game that they should be expected to win. And I know people mentioned, it. yes, like it is at home. So that, that helps. Like the Falcons are at home in this game. They already got the mm-hmm. road win. Um, and, you know, they, they just, they seem to, other than Mike Evans just getting his, every time he plays the Falcons, he's he's going to have yeah. a touchdown in this game, guys. You can write that down. Uh, but, right. you know, if they can just limit the damage and actually get Baker Mayfield on the ground a little bit more then they should be okay. Yeah. You know, we'll see, obviously, the injuries on defense, too, for the Falcons could make that a little bit harder. But um, it's it's a crucial one. This is a big game. Yeah. Um, just yeah. an important, really important one. And and if you if you win this game, the Bucks are probably done because their schedule, unlike New Orleans, is pretty tough. Um, they mm-hmm. have to go to Green Bay after this, which mm-hmm. Green Bay all of a sudden looking pretty damn good. Uh, mm mm-hmm. 
and then they have to play Jacksonville. Now, maybe that's not as dangerous as it used to be, but that defense is still pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have to play New Orleans. So no matter mm-hmm. what, the Falcons win that week. So <laughs> mm-hmm. right. these New Orleans and Tampa got to play. So you know somebody's yeah. taking, taking an L, and whoever loses that game might be out. So Or, may, um, or maybe they tie and make it even easier. There you go. There you go. Uh, and then they get Carolina to close out. So, you know, the, the Falcons, if they sweep them, you know, at, at this point, it's it's probably going to be uh, pretty much over for for the Bucks, but you know the Bucks also are sitting at I think a uh, they're at a two and one divisional record. So you know if they do if they win this game, they'll tie the Falcons' divisional record. So you know it, it a lot hinges on this one. It's a crucial game. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. A, lot, uh, a lot is on the line in this one. Yeah, so they got to figure out a way to get it done. I mean, this is this is one of those late meaningful. December games that we really haven't seen a lot of for this team. Um, yeah. And it's a chance to get to a winning record and all those things. And so, I mean, Hey, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to feel about this. I feel very nervous. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not nervous. Um, I was, I'll admit I was a little more nervous going into the Jets game than I am. Yeah. This felt very uncomfortable because, with that one. Yeah. yeah. Cause I felt that Jets defense is capable, was capable of winning the damn game on their own. Um, <laughs> in terms of this one, you know, it, 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 they're all at home. They have a little bit of momentum here. It's just, um, it's just capitalizing. That's yeah. what it is. You understand the opportunity that is in front of you. And, and the thing is they've had games like this already this season. Like you, I, I look back at that Tennessee game. That's, that is an ugly loss. Like they they had no business losing that game. They had no business losing to Minnesota. They had no business losing to Arizona. Like it's it's those games that has tripped the Falcons up in recent history, where it's like you need to go out and handle business. The the, the opponent in front of you, you're better than. Yeah. So just do what good teams do this time of year. And they they win these type of games this time of year. Yep. So and this is an opportunity for them to do that, you know, an opportunity for them to actually prove themselves as a, a team that is meaning is going to play meaningful football in December and, you know, probably get waxed in the first run of the playoffs. You know, we, we're, we're not, we're not, you know, yeah. we have no delusions yeah. of grandeur here, but yeah. you know, it, I'm not too confident about that one. Yeah. If they could just get a winning record and, and go into the playoffs with a winning record and not embarrass this division, you know, be like another eight and nine division champion. Like if we could just get a winning record and, and go into the playoffs and even if they get waxed, it would at least be, little bit more respect on this division's name at the end of the day but um it's not going to be easy you know i mean it obviously the schedule is not that daunting right you know they play tampa bay at home then they go to carolina and if they win they win those two games they're they're probably i mean they're obviously in the driver's seat for the division at that point we talked about it. they're five and no in the division um and you know they, they play indianapolis at chicago at new orleans and indianapolis is probably the toughest game left um, at this oh, point, that's, <laughs> somehow that's a tricky yeah. one, man. That is yeah. a tricky one. I'll be I honest feel like, with you. That's, yeah, they might not win that one. Me. I mean, yeah, at least that's it's at home. I'm nervous. Yeah, that's yeah, at least I'm it's at home. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a tough one. I mean, that that's not Indianapolis is not a pushover. They're seven and five. Uh, they're doing. They're playing good football, even though they're they're not a flashy team, but they're just really mm-hmm. solid. You know, yeah. I think they're just a better version of the Falcons, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, um, that's a good so, way of putting it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, that, that game makes me nervous, but like at Chicago, you never, you never really know how that goes. The, the bears, I feel like look like either the worst team or like really spicy every week. So I don't know what to yeah. think about that. Yeah. Um, 
and then at New Orleans, which hopefully you don't have to win that game because at New Orleans week 18, if they're, if they're fighting for a playoff spot, that's going to be a tough game to win. You know, it just will be. So um, it may be, but I, w- I definitely wouldn't mind put them out there misery. I mean, there's always that. Yeah. That would, I mean, that would be nice it. if they could do that. that then, then perfect. That'd be great. Yes. If just only that though, no, nothing, you know, I don't, I don't want the pain of them sending us home uh, at that yeah. point, but yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so we, we got a ways to go uh, before, before we actually get to this playoff berth. But I mean, obviously the Falcons control their own destiny. If they were to win out, then they, they coast into the playoffs with no issues whatsoever. And, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, at that point, they'd be, what, 12 and 6? I mean, that would be better than anyone's wildest dream. So, uh, Man, I mean, we were predicting know, 10 and 7, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm, and I'm going to I'm gonna stick with 10 and 7 on that one. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I think I'm down to 9 and 8 at this point, but. <laughs> down to nine and eight? Okay. Yeah, yeah they lost too many of those games in the middle. Yeah. Just, for, just for the sake of, you know, staying true to my prediction, I'll stick with 10 and 7, even though I think it's likely going to be 9 and 8 somewhere in that neighborhood. So we'll see. Hopefully – that seventh loss does not come this week. Yes, However, that would be that next. would be good. They need to they need to save those losses for later. Yeah, at the very least, lock up the division over the next two weeks. Yeah, at the that would go least. a long way. That would go a long. That would go a long way. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to a couple donations here before we continue on. We got George Costanza with the two dollars. What's up, George? Says, no matter what we have to endure as a Falcons fan, we can at least sleep well at night knowing that we don't have David Tepper as our owner. <laughs> what a dumpster fire that whole organization is, and you hate to see it. Smirks menacingly. Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, that is very surprising seeing what is going on over there in Carolina. It's wild, I mean, man. I think we knew that they were going to be a bad team, but I don't think we expected them to be the worst team in the world. No. And that is exactly what they are. And it's not going to get any better, especially when you don't have a first round pick. Um, you don't have a first round pick. You don't have much of an O-line. Um, you don't have much of a many threats, if any, on, at the receiving core. Um, you possibly could lose your top defender this offseason in free agency. Um, your secondary looks abysmal. I, there's nothing there's nothing to really hang your hat on in Carolina man I mean yeah. it's just it's 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 unfortunate what's what they're going through now I will say this if we lose to Carolina next week I'm that's that's easily the worst <laughs> yeah no question no yeah. question about it. yeah no can't can't do that uh they gotta find a way to beat the Panthers at least at least we gotta sweep the Panthers but um, oh man yeah no I mean it's been it's been fun to see them potentially sweep, you know, they have the potential to sweep every team in the division. I can't remember the last time that happened. They're not going to sweep all of them. I, I definitely think they're probably going to lose no. one of these games, but no. it's just, it's funny that they have this opportunity now. Uh, <laughs> it would just this be the ultimate team, irony. Yeah. This team, given everything that they've gone through during the Arthur Smith era, it's funny how this team has an opportunity to sweep the division. How yeah. how would that, man, this one, you know, this what, team, they, yeah. Damn the fact that they, that they sweep and go into the playoffs and get rocked by by the Cowboys, they they rock they 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 rule the division. They own the division. That's I'm 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 definitely going to take that into the offseason, dude. Yeah, yeah. For I mean, sure. we can enjoy that no matter what. And it's funny because at this yeah. point, if they do just win the division games, they probably make the playoffs. Um, Absolutely. Like they probably win the division outright at that point because 
they'll be nine and eight and they'll give losses to Tampa Bay and to New Orleans. So, you know, mm-hmm. given that they'll win the tiebreakers at that point, that's mm-hmm. probably enough. So they, it's like, oh, they could lose the two non-division games. It's okay. So yeah, ultimately we keep <clears> coming <throat> back to the most important two games left on the schedule at this point are probably these next two. And then yep. the New Orleans game is probably, you know, the next one after that. But um, yeah. they're all important. I mean, when you're six and six in December, they're kind of all important to some extent. They're all but important. Yeah, um, they, they got to. They got to figure out a way to, to get it done. But let me get to uh, some more of our donations here. We got Jason Gaines. What's up, Jason, with the $2? He says, Eric, I think it would be funny. You should pull a Stephen A. Smith, and every time you sign off, you should say, thanks for watching me on YouTube. For more live sports and premium content, make sure you're subscribing to ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've given an opportunity to plug at the end. You know, I don't know that you've actually ever plugged ESPN+, Plus, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. It's too tacky. It's too corny. It's, yeah. It is. It is. It is. I, I, I'm, I'm away from work. I'm off the clock. Yeah, Let it yeah. be. I'm good. Yeah, he's a man of the people at this point. Man of the people, not a man of the not of the man of the suits. You know, he's not up. He's not there for the shadowy. You know, ESPN figures no, in the back. Yeah. No, no so. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Unless you guys are watching, in which case, you know, you're very handsome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But we got, oh man, we got uh, George Costanza again with the two dollars. Thanks, George. He says the best way to fix our secondary issues is to invest in the pass rush. When quarterbacks get to sit in the pocket for seven seconds, even Deion Sanders couldn't cover these guys for that long. Hey, I would love, yeah, I would love to the the sexy pick of a quarterback, but we could consider Swift out of UT as well. I mean, that you know, it, it kind of depends on what they do with like Jeff Okuda and stuff like that. You know, do they bring him back? It seems like they're probably going to prioritize AJ Terrell, and then they should. Um, but you know, I, I'm curious, really, about what they do in the secondary because we saw Clark Phillips play really well outside. Um, you know, and that was in AJ Terrell's spot, even. So, you know, if, if they have a lot of confidence in Phillips, that could be, uh, you know, uh, let's let Akuda walk because we don't want to pay. You know, Akuda's going to probably get a decent contract at this point. You know, we'll see how he finishes yeah. the season, but they're going to have some tough decisions to make in the secondary, but. They're gonna have to invest in the pass rush. That's non-negotiable. So. Let's let's take let's take a little time out of the show, Kevin. Let's give some flowers to Jerry Gray and Steve Jackson. Yeah, those guys have come into this building and they have revamped this secondary and they have molded this secondary to be one that you can actually hang your hat on, man. Like this, yeah. Jesse Bates is playing like an All-Pro. Um, you know, Clark Phillips. What I saw from Clark Phillips this past week, I, we we you and I we were always impressed with Clark Phillips. Yeah. But seeing what we saw from him in run defense, yeah, like man, I'll take that every day of the week from from a for a kid that's five nine. I, I swear, man, I wish if he was six two, Kevin, oh, <laughs> he would have been a top ten pick if he was six two. Oh, good lord, if he was six one, <laughs> six two, man. Jesus, he'll be a hell of a prospect. But yeah, you know what what they're getting on him, they have a good problem now because the offer has played very well all year at the at the um slot corner position at the nickel spot and Clark Phillips uh, you felt like was going to be a guy that they were going to have, you know, they were going to insert at some point throughout the season as well. But, you know, the emergence of D Alford has given them an opportunity to say, Hey, you know what? We got two guys here that we just, we don't know how to give them playing time at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so it's, they have a good problem on their hands right now, but uh, what they do in the draft going forward, I, it's tough. 
it's definitely edge (laughs) it's definitely gonna be it it it, it may it may be it may be a quarterback oh oh, in the first round it's gonna be a quarterback yeah yeah yeah. i i really i really want to put my money on that i'm really i'm very positive when i say and very sure when i say that there's going to be a new start quarterback in 2024 i just don't know if it's going to be in the mode of a young veteran like justin fields if it's going to be um a true veteran like Kirk Cousins, maybe, or if it's going to be a first round pick like Jaden Daniels or something like that. I don't know, but I just, I just know there's going to be a new starting quarterback in 2024. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, I mean, I think at this point, Arthur Smith has to try to paint it that it's, you know, this is very meta, but I mean, at this point, I think Arthur Smith has to kind of try to paint Desmond Ritter as the problem or else people are going to lose faith entirely. Like, you know, I think he has to kind of sell us on like Desmond Ritter couldn't run my offense. We need to get a better quarterback in here. And that's what we're missing. Now. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that the scheme is holding the offense back to a great extent. I I agree with you (laughs) because I think at this point, half the room is looking at Ritter and the other half of the room is looking at Arthur. So I I agree with you there. He's still got to get the people on his side for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I, Look, I mean, I, I'm not opposed to getting another quarterback one way or the other, but I, I, you know, I do wonder what happens when the new quarterback looks the same as this. You know, the offense doesn't change at all with the new quarterback. Then, then we might find who the true problem is with this offense. But, um, you know, we just have to, uh, we have to hope for the best. We have to hope that they can bring in our passing game coordinator and get this thing fixed. Because at this point, That's- it seems very unlikely that there's going to be any changes made. So. That's the direction I, I was. I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. The words right out of my mouth. Hopefully, even if they do whatever quarterback they bring in, I I also hope that they make an additional hire on the offensive staff, and it has yeah. to be a passing coordinator. Um, I think if you bring in a guy that's able to take that particular aspect off of Arthur Smith and say, "Hey, I got the passing game. You run the football. That's your bread and butter. Let's mesh this together and put this thing together going forward." Then I I think you you'll definitely start to see um, the the dividends being paid off then. But I I really do feel that that is very much imperative this all season, along with getting a quarterback to bring in another guy in that room to help out these passing game concepts because he he hasn't shown a lot to me over the last two and, no. and a half years or whatever to say you know we we have something there. Yeah. No. And. You know, then I think a lot of people would then be like, well, why is he the head coach exactly if we, we can't trust him to, to, to create an offense? Well, that's a great question, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You don't have, you're not the, we're not the ones you have to convince, okay? You've got to convince Arthur Blake to make the change. But every, I mean, there's there's a number of head coaches around the league that are that are not in that, you know, they're they're not capable of doing such. And it's, and it's okay. If that's not your thing, that's not your thing. It's fine. You don't have, even just because you're an offensive-minded head coach don't mean you have to call the offense every yeah, season you know, all the time that's just it uh, it's understandable i see people i see people are looking at other teams you're looking at you know san francisco for example you know you're looking at um where you're looking at uh mike mcdaniel there in miami you know you you're looking at some of these teams and you're saying hey this office of minor head coaches is, is doing the thing but hey you know what while andy reed was successful in kansas city we know how essential Eric Bieniemy was, yeah. regardless of what title he had, he was still an important piece to that staff. Even though Andy was calling the plays, Eric Bieniemy had a very important role there. So it's okay 
if if that's if he can he can still be the play caller. I don't care if he's calling plays. I just feel the passing element needs to be in the hands of someone else and not Arthur Smith. That's just yeah. No, I I agree as well. I mean, I think that we have to have, see some kind of changes. But will he do it? The that's same, the big question. Yeah, are we We're on the, the same, same page? page? Yeah, as yeah. As, I mean, as far, as far as which guy we want to bring in, I mean, what? Like, uh, who are you? T- well, who who do you want? I mean, I might be, but Pat Hamilton. I mean, I, that would be great. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I mean, if he if he's willing to come here, certainly. Uh, That's but, the name that keeps coming up for me. Yeah, and I would love on, that. He's on the NFL Network right now, just chilling. Yeah, I mean, that so. would be cool. That would be great. I'd be interested in that for sure. And I mean, they need that quarterback coach as well. I mean, I think people didn't yeah. realize how big of a loss Charles London was going to be uh, when right. he ended up t- going for a lateral job, uh, which right. also bizarre why they allowed that but whatever <laughs> yeah. but you know yeah. um yeah it, it's an interesting situation and i i hope they can figure it out because it, that's the only way we're going to see meaningful change and improvement with this team is if they could get this offense fixed up um yep yep but we got jason Gaines with one more donation here with the two dollars thanks again jason he says the falcons now have a three-game winning streak against the jets that's nice. Always like to have those streaks going in, in a positive direction. Usually, it's the other way for the Falcons against these teams. <laughs> remember, remember when they uh, when the Jets won a Super Bowl uh, last offseason? Oh, man. The- <laughs> man, yep, good times, man. good times, Whew. good times. Uh, I'm sure, the, I'm sure the fans remember that. The yeah. Jets fans remember that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Whew. unlike the, but he says unlike the 2017 win over the Jets, at least Sunday's win didn't end in a 10 second runoff. Let's sweep the Bucks, and also we won't have to listen to Jonathan Vilma this week since it's a CBS broadcast for Falcons Bucks. Yeah, well, you know, small small it's, miracles, right? <laughs> it's a CBS game for Falcons Bucks. Is it? I, I think at one point it was. It might have been changed, but oh boy, that's not yeah, good. yeah. I'm I don't know if that's right. Undefeated, <laughs> undefeated with Vilma this year, aren't they? Honestly, they might be. Yeah, it's his. Yeah, you know, they, vitriol fuels them. Yeah. <laughs> no, no Vilma, Vilma was there for the Green Bay game. Yep, yep. I believe no, I don't think he was there for the season opener. Mm-hmm. I know he, I know he called the Green Bay game. So yeah. I think they are undefeated with yeah. with Vilma this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because New Orleans Jets. Yeah, so yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, no, I mean maybe he's the good luck charm. Maybe we do need Vilma this week. <laughs> maybe we <need laughs> his vitriol I just, just fuels. I did fuels CBS. We, yeah. we do not believe in CBS. Yeah, we don't vibe. The, the last no. what didn't they wasn't CBS calling that Tennessee game and man that was they called the Arizona game yeah and Oof. they called the um they called the Washington game as well yeah those were some rough ones those were yeah those were not great not yeah. great broadcast there uh, and then that was that one was with with Matt in attendance oh that's right that's right yeah I mean, shout out to the legend yeah, um, <laughs> that's the legend. Yeah, Jesus we're disappointed. We we just let them. They could just take shots at them all game because of us. You know, three in, way to go, Falcons! Yeah. Game in front of that Falcons legend in the booth. Yep. I tell you, how man. could you do that? That's just Jesus. How could you? Yeah, just unprofessional, honestly. Yeah, right. But right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, the, the Falcons they're they're back to six and six. They're in the driver's seat here. You know what? How are you? What are you feeling for for rest of season? Do you think they they're gonna pull this thing off? Do you, you 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 feel good about it, or are you very much like 
feeling in danger with this this team at this point of the season. I mean, if you would have asked me that two weeks ago, I would have said, dude, I'm not sure, man. I, I don't know. Um, right now, they got a little bit of momentum. You know, um, they got a two-game winning streak. Hopefully, they can take it to three. I think they have an opportunity here to truly – uh, truly separate themselves for the rest of the NFC South. I, I think they can do it, honestly. Now, I don't know if it's going to equate to the 10 and 7 record that I predicted at the beginning of the season, but I do think they're going to win the division. Um, I do, I do think they're going to go into the playoffs with a winning record. I, I can't, I don't think this team is going to go eight nine and walk into the playoffs, um, but I do think they're going to be able to win the division comfortably and have a winning record and have something to build on for 2024 because they, they desperately need it for sure. Yeah. I mean, we need it as much as they do. Just some kind of positivity yeah. Yeah. here, not going into another off season with nothing but hope. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. just, and they need to start getting that playoff experience. I mean, all the, all the playoff guys from that 2017 team are almost gone yeah. at this point. And, and there's just yeah. not, it's a young team with not a lot of experience in the playoffs. So even if you're going to just go get your asses kicked, getting used to that atmosphere is significant too. So there is a little experience on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. The yeah. We got Calais, obviously we got on your bottom. We got Jesse, Jesse back there. Yeah, as well. yeah. Jesse Super Bowl made big plays in the Super Bowl. So yep. we have a, we have a little experience at least on the defensive yeah, side yeah. of the ball, which is the better unit of the two. So, Hey, maybe yeah. that might be a benefit for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean that you're, you're absolutely right. That we definitely have more of that veteran presence there. Just the experience, though. Like they just need to get used to winning football, even if it's not pretty, even if it's ugly, even if it's not great. They just need to to get get that winning record and and get into the playoffs and get used to what that feels like, you know. And and yeah. it'll be, for us, it'll be like we're we're gonna go into that playoff game with no expectations. This is not gonna be like no, a tense no, no playoff game. No. We're probably no. gonna be like six beers deep by the fourth quarter, probably getting our yeah. asses kicked, but we're not really we gonna care. Yeah, we already won a playoff game to get into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. so we're we're fine. Whatever, which happens, is sad, just, but that's where we are at this point. Yeah, you know, that's just kind just of, don't <laughs> get embarrassed. Yeah, you're likely going to just don't don't lose forty to nothing. That's, that's yeah, all yeah. Have. If you could keep it within two scores, yeah, just hold our yeah, attention okay. for four quarters. Yeah, we'll take yeah. that. We'll take yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Just keep it, you know, within ten points. Keep right. it like a single digit loss. Is that too much to ask? Maybe, honestly, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> this team plays everybody close. Yeah, it's if fine. This, if that single digit loss was to, you know, Dallas or Philly, I, hell yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Granted, seeing how much talent those two teams have, I'll, I'll take that any day, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think we've covered it well, Eric. A lot of takes tonight. Appreciate your time, uh, insight into this. This frustrating team that, you know, we we all we all know and love the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> yeah. But guys, he is Eric Robinson. He's at underscore Eric underscore Robinson, currently at ESPN. And this is your opportunity to plug, you know, ESPN plus I'm whatever. Not plugging <laughs> ESPN. We will not plug ESPN on a Falcon. I will not do that, man. I can't. I can't do yeah. that. I'll, yeah. ESPN has enough plugging and enough. Yeah, they don't need they don't need our help. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need another plug here. No, they're yep. fine. Mm-hmm. They're fine. Yes, they're fine. Yeah, they they're 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 just fine. They don't need our help. Are we doing but... Are we doing uh, score predictions? Yeah, go for it. What you got? Um, I'll take uh, of course the Falcons here. Um, 24-14. Yeah, 24, wow, so a ten point win. Yeah, yeah. I think they get a comfortable win here. I think okay. that defense. 
creates a couple of turnovers late, something that they've been able to do in recent games. Um, I, I think that I think eventually it, it may not start off great, but I think that run game truly gets in the in into a second gear in that second half. And I think that that run game kind of sort of carries them to victory. Yeah, no, I could see that happening for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that would not surprise me that I would like that. It would be nice to get a 10 point win against the Bucks, and, and we'll see how the injuries shake out, too, because that does matter as well. But yeah, I I think I would go like. 23 to 17 or something like that um you know something where we're probably still sweating at the end but you know the the falcons win a little bit more convincingly than last time but probably also make some stupid mistakes but hopefully we can clinch it with the yes i know nico says coup clinches it uh or maybe we can ice it away with the running game salt it away whatever you want to say uh that'd be nice too so let's let's see it yeah let's give cool a break yeah You've won enough game for us this year. He needs let's, to let's kick his cool. more than one and a half field goals for my prize picks. And after yes, that, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, then yeah, he yeah. can take a break. Yeah. 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 <laughs> early on, but I don't, yep, yep. Not, we don't need Koo to win it this time. Let's, let's give Koo yeah. a break. He's already, he's already put the cape on for us enough this year. So. Yeah. You got to give that reg a less, you know, give, give that like yeah. a rest, you know? Yeah, yeah. We need it. We need it for the playoff run, right? So. but yeah no i i I do think they'll find a way to win it it's at home they've tended to play their best ball at home um and they they really outclassed the bucks in that first matchup on the road and they and and they made it just so many mistakes they still end up winning that game because the bucks are just not very good they they were definitely the more physical team and yeah we i don't we expected that in that first matchup i don't think we went into that game thinking like hey they can really punch these guys in the mouth but they did on both sides of the granted you know the fumbles are the fumbles but you take away that that run again that run game was able to swing and swing hard in that in that game and they were physically they were able to make baker mayfield uncomfortable all game so yeah let's hope let's hope they they're able to duplicate that yeah, I hope. I certainly hope so. Uh, we got one more donation from Corey Carter. What's up, Corey? He says, we did run the ball successfully in that first matchup, so I bet we'll throw a lot more in this one because the Bucks won't be expecting it. Hashtag oh. Smith logic. Well, there you go. Yeah. You know, sounds I, like it. Well, it's funny that's because, funny. like, the Bucks are actually very vulnerable against the pass, so, like, that would actually be logical. So instead, we're probably just going to only run the ball into like a, in a into an inexplicably really good Bucks run defense, you know, despite losing Vita Vea. And then, you know, we should have passed the ball more, something like that. Uh, but yeah. Oof. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's just not, let's not think of that. I mean, I really, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's stick to what's working. All right. The yes. run game is working right now. Let's stick to that. Let's let's just get it done. I don't care how ugly it is. Again, right. just get it done. Get it you know done. these these you got you got to win these division games. That that's really it. You, you got to find Absolutely. a way to get these get these dubs and, and get out of get out get well don't get out of there. You know, go home and bring bring home the dub. Bring home the dub. Yeah, so that's what we we'll go with. But guys, I'm Kevin Knight at Foul Call. Kevin, thanks so much for hanging out with us here on this Wednesday night. I know you could be watching the Hawks. I don't know how that's going. Maybe that's why people are here instead. But uh, for those of you joining us live during the Hawks game, thank you. Uh, We will, of course, be back with a game preview for you guys on Friday, covering this Bucks game in a little bit more matchup detail. And then, of course, we'll be back on Sunday for that post-game show. Hopefully another big dub this week. And guys, yeah, thank you so much. Tonight's show is, of course, brought to you by Bet Online. Please like, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're on your podcast platforms, leave us that five-star review. 
Uh, if you're looking to support the show, you can join up with a channel membership now. Those are live. If you're on YouTube, if you're more of a podcast listener, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash live for those exclusive perks, early access, all that good stuff. Appreciate everyone who's already signed up and supporting there. Thank you, guys. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back soon with more Falcons content. Hopefully, uh, things stay positive. Hopefully, we crush it and, and get this team get this this team to the playoffs because it's it's been too long. It's been way too long. It's been 84 years. Yes, exactly. This, this team is that game. It's, it's not, I feel like there's a few teams that actually it has been 84 years for the playoffs, but uh, we're not quite there, but it feels like no, it, certainly. It feels uh, like, it, feels like it. Yeah. So please, Falcons, let's not Falcon it up this one time. Um, right. You know, we don't ask for a lot, but we don't. But we, I feel like we don't ask for a lot, but even then we still don't get it. So, you know, we'll see if it changes this week. But guys, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Have a great night, folks.